This is Trice Talk Sunday night, August the 29th, 2021, and I'm Donald Wayne. And I'm Dennis Lee. And this is where you say, and I'm Dennis Lee. And I don't hear him saying that. (laughs) I'm Dennis Lee. Nope. All right. Well, I see your, (laughs) I see your name up there, but, uh, I hear nothing. I see nothing. No, that was Colonel Clink. Oh, Sergeant Schultz. That's who that was. I bet there's no one listening that has any idea who Sergeant Schultz is. Dennis Lee, are you connected this time? Hello? Yeah, maybe if you put your toys up. (laughs) Don't blink and you hear me. I can, Major Tom. Yes. I can. <laughs> I hear nothing. I see nothing. Well, <sighs> we're two clicks from having this one in the can. Ah, well, you know, it happens. It definitely happens. <laughs> I actually had to restart it because I changed uh, I changed the boxes and um, forgot to hook the microphone up. I'm just talking away and here oh, try right. talk and and I'm I'm saying you know I can't hear myself that well anyway the way this thing's set up and right. um, <laughs> so I'm thinking that doesn't sound right and I looked down and I could not see the uh, microphone cord plugged in so oh, I had. Sure. I had to end it. Fortunately, you hadn't shown up at that point, and I ended it and started over. And that's where we are right this moment, <laughs> starting oh, wow. over. So, howdy. <laughs> howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> Indeed. I tell you what, this hurricane thing has kind of dominated Fox News today. I don't know about the other stations. I since I don't really step too far out of bounds. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's been a catastrophic hurricane. I mean, it came in at close to a Category 5. It came in at 150 miles an hour with some gust over that. Um, and it's still, it's still a Category 2 hurricane twirling over Louisiana right now. 
Yep. Um, yeah, of course, I haven't had the Weather Channel in a long time, so I don't. I mean, I. It, I it seemed to me. Right do you? Yeah. <laughs> it, it seemed to me that some of these uh, reporters on uh, Fox <laughs> were trying to emulate those ones from Weather Channel that would stand out in the wind. I keep waiting. And I know it sounds awful, but I keep waiting for one of these reporters standing out there in the wind someday. And here comes a light pole or a big old sign or something, a mailbox and comes and takes them out, you know, because you're not supposed to stand in the wind like that. Well, they had a clip with Al Roker was out there and he almost got swept away by some waves. He was out there this this time. He was out there, yeah. He was out there, like near a near a pier, and the waves just kept crashing up on him. And they were like, uh, they were fearing for his safety, like he was going to get swept out into the ocean. That's nuts. Yeah, it's absolutely nuts. Because I remember the the one and only hurricane, uh, hurricane I've been through, and uh, I didn't. I ventured out into the breeze. I live in an apartment then, and I ventured in the breezeway. Of course, all the power had gone out. But you kept hearing things crashing and things hitting the building. And it's like, I, I just, I don't know how one of these people hasn't been hit by something flying through the air. Right. Um, I guess they have pretty good insurance on them. <laughs> well, I would guess. Maybe their wives or their spouses encourage them to do this live reporting during the hurricanes. Yeah, but, uh, I don't know. They say if you see Jim Cantori in your neighborhood, it's not going to be a good day. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean flying through your neighborhood or if he's no, just, just stationed in mean, your neighborhood? Something, okay. something bad's about to happen. Well, we don't really have to worry about hurricanes in Atlanta that no, much. Really. I mean, no. oh, there's the there's the tribe. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, oh. Even though, you know, a number of hurricanes have actually, or the systems have kind of gone over Atlanta or by Atlanta. Well, this, uh, this hurricane's going to dump some rain on us, but that's about it. I take that back. I've actually been through two. Now, the second one, or the first one, was back in Texas back in the 60s, and there was a hurricane called Carla, I believe. I think it was Carla. I may have the name wrong. Um, but the eye of the hurricane, once it came up through Houston and all that, the eye of the hurricane came over Dallas. And I remember the eerie feeling because, you know, you have all those fairly strong winds, even that far inland. And then the eye comes over you and it's completely still. There's no clouds above you. It's a, uh, it's a weird feeling. And then when, when it passes, then the clouds and the wind and sometimes storms start up again. But uh, so I guess I've been through two, but the, the first one really wasn't much of a danger other than tornadoes, which Texas has that issue anyway. Oh yeah. But yeah, it's uh, I, I just, you know, every time this happens and there's, I, I, I question these people who want to live on the coast uh, because even places like Panama city were getting, you know, the tropical storm effects. And then Panama city in that area had, 
had that other hurricane a couple of weeks ago go up through there, or right. maybe it was a tropical. Chocacal. It was a chocacal storm by the time it oh, went right. over them, but uh, yeah, it was that just a couple of weeks ago. It was a hoot. Ominous. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. It's, it's almost uh, perverted, but yeah, it. I just don't know how people live on the coast like that. Yeah. It's like well, people I in Jamaica and Haiti. I mean, there's another uh, tropical storm brewing out there in the Atlantic. Um, I don't, of course, there's another one actually going on up. You know, it's too far north, though. I think it, does that one have a name? I think it does have a name. You know what I'm talking about? It's up above Bermuda. Oh, yeah. I think that one's just going to go straight up. Yeah, Julian. Yeah, Julian's just yeah. just wandering up to the north, but. Yeah, there's uh, storm number 10 is not, well, it's online with San Juan, Puerto Rico, if it keeps going in that direction. I just don't know how they do it. Do not know well, how they do you it. Know, it's, um, it's this hurricane season has exploded. So, Of course, I couldn't, I couldn't live in Tornado Alley either. I, I would not live in Idaho. I would not live in Nebraska, <laughs> Kansas. Well, you know, no way. In Texas, we used to chase after storms. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had some, and I, you know, I've told before the one that I saw that was probably less than ten miles from the house. But um, I don't know. It just, it, it really okay. was fairly infrequent. Uh, bad thunderstorms were were frequent in texas but i said back in the day um the that her that tornado that hit off of uh <clears throat> went to down went through downtown dallas or over off of uh zang boulevard in that area over there was well, that one was, of the yeah, most the... documented um tornadoes on on film really for, yeah for a good while well, yeah that... That's the one that I stood on my grandfather's house and watched because his house was probably less than 10 miles. That was uh, Wynwood Shopping Center. I don't know why I remember that, but, uh, I, it, yeah, it stayed on the ground and tore up a, a bunch of things at that shopping center. And um, I remember that as clear as day. I don't know how we got on top of the roof. I don't even remember my grandfather having a ladder, but we stood on that roof and watched that tornado. Uh, go down through that neighborhood. Amazing. Amazing the things you do when you're younger <laughs> and you feel in, you feel invincible. That's right. Superhuman. But um, no, thank you. No more hurricanes. You couldn't pay me to live in a hurricane prone area. Not again. But yeah, now, there uh, was a Hurricane Ida back in 2009. So we've already had an Ida? We've had an Ida back in 2009 um, that um, crossed the coastline of Nicaragua with winds of about 80 miles an hour. So nothing like this beast of a storm right here. Other than the fact that it was barreling in at 16 miles an hour, and then it slowed down. I mean, right now it's only at nine miles an hour, just kind of 
really setting over the area and uh, wreaking further havoc. Well, I think that one that hit, I thought the one that hit, um, I want to say it was in the 60s. It could have been in the early 70s. The one that hit uh, Gulfport, Mississippi, and just basically it killed hundreds of people because people didn't go anywhere. They stayed there in hotels facing the beach and thought they were going to ride the storm out. And, uh, and they didn't, I thought that one was called Carla, but I I may have my names mixed up. It's, you know, but why would they, I thought they didn't get to use a name more than once. That's kind of weird. Are they running? They can't think of another name with I. I think they get retired, you know, after, they're so destructive. Uh, so I'm sure this is the last Ida that we will see. Jeez. I mean, there are there are some other female names that start with I, right? Irene. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we've had an Irene. Uh, <laughs> well, I won't go down that road. Okay. All right. But I... Uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to those people in line of the storm tonight because it's going to be days, if not weeks, before they get everything put back together. And hopefully New Orleans is going to weather better than they did with Katrina. Uh, well, they said the levee system was revamped after Katrina. So this the, the system of levees is made to withstand a Category 3 um that's what they're like you know it doesn't mean that it can't run over the top of it and have some spillage they said the flooding on this one in new orleans would probably be because of just a huge amount of rain is going to yeah. be dumped on the city yeah so. i've i've always wondered what what brainiac engineers decided that we would now, they say the city, you know, because they always talk about it being in a bowl, and it's like, how in the world did that happen? But it come, I come to find out today that New Orleans, they actually had the drain swamplands in order to get the city built. And when they drained the swamplands, then the earth kind of compacted, you know, because it took all the moisture out of it. Right. Who wants to live in a bowl? I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me, but I guess they were that desperate to live right there on that bend in the Mississippi River. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to live below sea level uh, you. right next to the ocean. Well, <laughs> and then you got Lake Pontchartrain over there uh, yeah. that, you know, if there was some issue with that, it could, it could flood the city as well. And I'm not driving. Have you, you ever thought about driving across that? Lake Pontchartrain, I think that bridge is 20-something miles long. Yeah, was, no, that's not happening. No, that's too far. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I know, I, I'm, I'm kind of uh, jumping around tonight, but I watched this movie today. Uh, it was uh, Black Swans. Have you ever seen that? This no, is it's, it's, it's not about animals. It's, it's not an animal movie. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's a covert uh, group of people, but. Um, they have, they had a train tunnel that went under the English channel from Britain to France. 
and uh, they stopped the train in, in this thing, and then they were threatening to blow it up and do all this stuff and collapse the tunnel uh, if they didn't get their ransom. But uh, I'm thinking to myself, I don't know how far it is across the English Channel. It seemed like it was around 20, 30 miles, I believe, at the shortest point. Are you going to take a train that goes under the basically a body of water like that, the English Channel? Would you get in a train that goes in a tunnel that far? No. You know, and when I lived in Mobile for a year, a short year because of the hurricane made me decide to come back to Atlanta. But uh, the Interstate 10, when it goes through Mobile, uh, I think they've got a bypass. There's another way you can get around, but they have two tunnels, one, you know, one north or one eastbound, one westbound that goes under Mobile Bay. And I swear the first time I went under there and I got stopped in traffic because traffic was bad. You're sitting there. You're thinking there's ships and there's thousands, millions of tons of water up over your head. And then you look around, you know, because you're sitting there and stop and go traffic and you see water leaking out of cracks in the in the uh, tunnel. And I'm like, I think I only did that once. And then I never went through that tunnel again. Jeez. I would drive 30 miles out of my way to go to the northern northern loop. I think that was actually back before they finished the uh, highway, um, the I-65 where it comes into Mobile. But um, that was the only way to get through through there. If you wanted to go from one, one side of <laughs> Mobile to the other, you had to go through those tunnels. And uh, I just wasn't liking that at all. That's just... Too much can happen or, or, you know, if a terrorist wanted to hit something, even in New York city, you got those tunnels that, uh, what, I think they've got a series of three tunnels. that go under the, the Hudson river. I believe it is in New York city. Uh, they flooded back when I was there in uh, 2012, you know, when we had that hurricane or whatever it was, uh, go through there, the tunnels were absolutely flooded. The pumps couldn't keep up with the water, so they just let them fill up. And, uh, of course, people couldn't go through them. I'm not going in those. <laughs> I'm not getting in a tunnel that could collapse and trap me down there. All right, I'm through talking about tunnels. And he's out of here. <laughs> <laughs> what happened, Donovan? He got tired of me talking about tunnels, so he thought he'd just uh, sneak out for a tunnel snack, my way didn't out. you? Now I had an emergency. <laughs> uh, so that's just Mike. But I just don't understand people willing to do that. You know? No, I would. No, I say, I, you know, and and I was watching a show. Um, probably a couple months ago, that you know, for internet cables to get internet, um, they actually run uh, internet uh, the uh, landline the landlines like Ethernet or something like that. I don't know what to call it. They run the internet cables on the ocean floor. Did you yeah. Know that, yeah. 
You know, how about that job? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I would have thought that that wouldn't be as important anymore since uh, we have the satellites. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know who'd want that job. There's a lot of jobs. You know, the the jobs like they pay people to go up on these uh, cell towers and all these radio towers and change these light bulbs. They pay people upwards of, you know, twelve fifteen hundred dollars $1,500 a day to go change those light bulbs. Right. Uh, I can't do it. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. And, and people that, you know, the, have you ever seen the Dirty Jobs? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I, I love that show. That, yeah, I like the Golden Gate Bridge. There's people who actually have to go inside of the bridge into the, um, you know, the different... Uh, inside the metal structure yeah. to, to paint it, to keep it from rusting out completely. Oh yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, and they change the cables on those bridges too. Right. People have to go up there and, and <laughs> change the cables out. I, I think the, it, it's amazing what they can do, but then it's also scary. And that's probably why the Golden Gate Bridge sways, you know, every time they have an earthquake up there. I probably wouldn't be driving across the Golden Gate Bridge. Probably not. I uh, I, I had an uncle, bless his heart. I loved him dearly. But I remember a, a trip he was taking us. We were going from Dallas, Texas, up to uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. <laughs> and we had to cross the Mississippi River. And he had uh, a fear of heights. And this man was sweat. I can remember to this day, this man was sweating and my aunt was having to calm him down. She held his arm and everything. I'm not going to say his name, but kept telling him, yeah, you can do it. You can do it. You know, and we're driving like 15 miles an hour. People are passing us on this bridge because he's it's pretty high. Uh, I think it, I can't remember exactly where, where it crosses. I think it was Natchez, Mississippi or something, but it was high. And, uh, he was scared to death of going across that bridge. Well, I had the same problem with the Talmadge bridge in Savannah. Really? Oh yeah. It took me probably a good three or four times crossing that before I, you know, was settle down okay with it yeah <laughs> oh well you know um when i was i survived that hurricane down in mobile years ago uh used to go to dolphin island and they had just built new bridges over to dolphin island and they were supposed to be hurricane proof right uh right. Mi- millions of dollars on these these bridges. Well, that hurricane came through <laughs> and stripped. The only thing that was left after the hurricane came through was the pylons. All of the paving, all of the bridge itself was blown away. And I'm thinking, I hope they, uh, <laughs> I hope they got, had got a guarantee on that one because I mean, that bridge couldn't have been two years old. All right. And they had to rebuild it. Uh, it. I don't know. I think it took them a year or something. I was gone. I didn't give it 
flip if they ever rebuilt it or not. But, uh, yeah, I just, you know, it's amazing what, what we can do. Uh, but, and then we keep redoing it because nature tears it up. I think we piss nature off and they, nature messes up what we do and then we rebuild it. And then that makes her even more mad if nature, if nature is a woman, you know, or does that even matter anymore? I don't know. Mother nature. (laughs) Can we, can we say that anymore? I, I just did. (laughs) <laughs> uh, 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 but is it is it woke to say Mother Nature? Is I that sexist? Um, possibly. Um, you know, I guess I, we I, could just say nature. I'm just going to say Mother Nature. I mean, I don't see how that could be racist. Screw them, right? I'm sure. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, look, somebody's going to get their feelings hurt because I eat bananas, or you know. I think it's the way you eat bananas. Or, I don't or like to eat crackers. <laughs> um, you know, Take it mad. <laughs> Something that you do is going to make somebody upset. <laughs> uh, that's true. You're going to run into somebody if you get around enough that doesn't like something you say or do. And I'm too old to care. Um. Although, like I say, I would never do anything intentionally to hurt somebody's feelings. But, uh, you know, I mean, let's be real. All right. Let's see. Um, Is there anything else you want to say about the hurricane? I mean, I know we're not a weather station, but. Really, not more. It's. Not any more we can say about that. Just we, the go out to the four folks that are in the way. We won't know until the sun comes up tomorrow how bad bad it is on the coast where the hurricane came through. They they said one of those areas. Oh gosh, um, down there on the actual the coast. Yeah, I think it was uh, Hume or Home or H O U M E. Huma, uh, Louisiana. Huma, Huma. yeah. Yeah. Some one one town was six feet underwater. They said the roads yeah. had six feet of water on it. I mean, all of that stuff. That yeah. whole section down below New Orleans is nothing but uh, it's just uh, silt from the river from hundreds or thousands of years built up there. Pretty much. And uh, I, I just you know, you got to be really different to, to be able to live down on that part of Louisiana. It's not your average folk. Okay. Uh, Well, if we're not going to talk about the hurricane anymore, I've got, um, I've got a short little story. It's about, it's from the Western journal by Taylor Penley. And it's not a guy. Uh, It's titled U S special forces bets go rogue in middle of night and rescue Afghan allies that Biden won't. I don't know if you've heard that story or not. This is the first time I saw it, but apparently um, there was a group of all volunteer special force veterans of the Afghan war who were not going to take the Taliban's abuse of uh, the situation lying down. 
they actually stepped up to where Biden administration wouldn't. Now, this is a uh, um, this was came out the twenty seventh, so I believe that was Thursday, uh, or it was Friday. I guess it was Friday. But uh, on Wednesday night, there was a task force called Task Force Pineapple launched a final rescue mission dubbed Pineapple Express. And no, it's not like the movie uh, from a few years ago, but it was to save Afghan allies and their families still trapped behind enemy lines in Afghanistan. So back on August the 15th, the, the veterans devised a plan in conjunction with the U.S. military forces, present at Kabul's uh, Karzi International Airport, to rescue those left behind the enemy lines who would identify themselves with a password. Um, the group told ABC News that in conjunction with the U.S. military and the U.S. embassy, they escorted approximately 500 Afghan special operators assets, enablers, and their families into the airport in Kabul overnight. And that was uh, as of Thursday morning. By Friday, one group member estimated they saved at least 630 Afghan lives. Uh, Jason Redman, a combat-wounded former Navy SEAL, expressed his frustration that our own government didn't do this. We did what we should do as Americans. So they were stepping up where, you know, uh, Biden said they would not be sending out any special forces to pick up people in this manner. Um, leader of the private group, and again, keep in mind, this is a private group. The, these are all retired military people that did this. Uh, the leader of the group was Army Lieutenant Colonel Scott Mann. Uh, he was a retired Green Beret commander, and he told ABC News that Dozens of high-risk individuals, families with small children, orphans, and pregnant women were secretly moved through the streets of Kabul throughout the night and up to just seconds before the ISIS detonated a bomb that uh, huddled and into the huddled masses at Afghanistan. Uh, the mission was still underway on Thursday morning when, when the suicide bomber hit the gate at the airport. And there were wounded among the Pineapple Express travelers from the blast. And members of the group said they were uh, trying to assess whether everybody was accounted for that they had, uh, you know, helped get there that night. Uh, it's, let's see, so they don't know if any of that group were killed in the blast or not. It's reassuring to see these American heroes responding to the cries for help emanating from those left behind. We're thankful for heroes like these who go above and beyond what's required of them to save those left behind in the wake of this administration's poorly, poorly executed withdrawal. In dark times like these, it's important to remember what our men and women in uniform have sacrificed and continue to sacrifice to rectify the failures of our elected officials. Neither they nor the victims of this untimely withdrawal should be forced to answer for a mistake they didn't make, a mistake the Biden administration refuses to own. But the bold and tenacious are ready to do whatever's necessary. Let that be a lesson to Joe Biden. This is what true leadership looks like.
So that was kind of neat. I mean, I was hoping that the article was going to say that, that people like that would continue to go in and try to get some people out. But of course, uh, from what I saw in the news this afternoon, their plans are still um, to, to be out of there on Tuesday. And in fact, I think they said they've already shut the embassy down. Of course, that was a temporary embassy anyway there at the airport. But uh, they're making preparations to leave. So the stories about all the uh, Americans that are still there and other Afghans that helped us out over the 20 years, um, I think their their future is uncertain at this point. But I thought that was kind of... I don't. I hate to use the word neat, but I thought that was a, a good little story to see that people were willing to risk their lives to go in there and help these people that helped us over the years in our efforts in Afghanistan. Um, all right, Dennis Lee. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was a neat story for these guys to risk their yeah. lives to do that. Well, they, yeah, especially you know since uh, they said that uh, like like you were saying, you know, our allies have pulled out. Britain's gone. Um, France is out. Uh, they said they're done with it. I saw uh, Lindsey Graham a little while ago. Uh, just speak briefly and he's, he's all kind of puffed up. I'm a little bit disappointed in Lindsey Graham. If, if some of the stories I've been hearing here lately, which really don't surprise me about anybody anymore up there in Washington, DC, but he was saying he was upset because it says the Biden administration is not going to try to help. Supposedly there's a group of Afghan soldiers left over from the original force that are hiding up in northern Afghanistan, and I forget the region they call it, but there's supposed to be a fairly good number up there. And Lindsey Graham and some other people uh, in Congress think that we should be giving them aid and helping them try to take their country back, you know, which sounds crazy, doesn't it? You know, they had the country, and then because the United States decided to pull out of there and take all the support away, then they lost it. Now these people are up there going to be fighting to try to take it back. But Lindsey Graham was threatening Joe Biden and his administration. If they try to give, give aid to the, to the uh, Taliban, that they're going to fight them tooth and nail. Can you imagine us giving money to the Taliban? No, not at all. But there are stories going around that, you know, maybe that's their intention, uh, maybe in an effort to trying to guarantee the safety of the Americans that are there. But uh, a lot of people are saying anybody that's left there that's important to America or that isn't an American uh, is pretty much going to become a uh, prisoner. Right. So. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it at all. All right. That's all I've got on that. Well, um, you know, they were saying when the as the hurricane was hitting that one of the concerns was that so many people have filled up the hospitals of COVID that it's going to be hard for them to take new people in. 
during this um, emergency that's going on. But um, so looking into looking into other stories about COVID, you know, because Florida's having their their COVID their ICU beds have been all taken up. They're they're getting maxed out. They're having the hard. They're having to get uh, refrigerated coolers to come in and um, to give extra space because the more can't handle the amount of bodies coming in. Um, Mississippi is now going through that too. Toward their hospitals um, are are feeling the strain. And you know that, and, and a lot of these people who are anti-vaxxers or anti-mask type people have have been falling ill to the virus and actually taking their lives. Caleb Wallace was uh, uh, a big anti-mask advocate and helped organize. He was uh, out of Texas. He helped organize a freedom rally and other prominent protests. Um, it's an article from The Wrap by Alex Noble. Um, but he succumbed to, uh, COVID-19, uh, you know, um, just recently he battled the virus for weeks in the ICU and then he had finally become unconscious and, uh, ventilated and was heavily sedated and, um, had been in the hospital since July 30th. Now... But he was a hardcore advocate of not taking, not using the mask, not getting the vaccine, <clears throat> and he was another one who was taking that uh, ivermectin, you know, the parasitic worm treatment intended for animals. Um, I'm just, you know, I mean, whose I idea know. was that? Well, it's one of those things that has sparked up on the web, and and you know, God bless his wife and his family and the people that have. Are, are left behind from his death. Um, but his wife was not, she didn't, she didn't sign on to the same, uh, same thought there. She, she, uh, she said that she, she wasn't a hardcore conservative, but it doesn't matter if you are or not. You know, she's, um, she said she was from a border town in Del Rio. Uh, she's not a liberal, uh, but somewhere in the middle and look, she said, you know, she did. She knew the masks weren't going to save anybody, but she felt like she was doing her part, not to spread anything to anybody else. And that's really what it is, you know, with the mask, is just not spreading it to somebody else. Um, the rap brought up another story that uh, Mark Bernier, um, who's a radio host in Florida and a big anti-vax guy, um, just died from COVID as well. Um, died uh, died yet uh, yesterday after a month long battle with COVID nineteen. He was sixty five. Um, and, and yeah, it was Alabama. I have to retract that. It was Alabama that's saying that they're being overrun um, with with the bodies. Um, no more room to put the bodies <clears throat> as the COVID deaths. Um, start to climb up in that state. Uh, it's, it's becoming a problem. And actually I was, it was not, not funny, but I was like, Oh really? California I was watching the NFL 
<clears throat> games the Cowboys were on today. And they lost, of course. But um, <laughs> I was watching part of the San Francisco 49ers game in San Francisco, and they showed a picture of outside the stadium where everybody was tailgating. And this looked like a freaking carnival. And there wasn't a flipping mask on anybody. And I'm like, California of all places, you know. Um, But that's what it is. It's it's like this, no matter what side of the fence you're on with COVID-19, whether this is some governmental conspiracy or what, it's real. People are getting sick. Um, well, maybe could it be the flu people? Well, yeah, maybe it could be the flu, but you, do you really want to roll the dice? Are you, are you a gambling type person? Um, you know, I just, just, I well, hate wearing the mask. I hate it with a passion, but, but now, you know, especially with the numbers going up, um, because I've, I've been vaccinated to say that I get it and I don't have any symptoms. Then if I'm not wearing the mask, then, you know, it's possible to pass it on to somebody else. If you're, you know, sneezing or coughing or whatever, that makes sense. Uh, It's not foolproof. No, I'm not saying that the mask is foolproof, in my opinion. Um, But Well, experts disagree. And and we've we've talked about this before. Really, those, those cloth masks supposedly and i'm certainly not an expert but it makes sense to me that the cloth mask that most of us wear can't be much protection but then again if they trap anything or they prevent anything from going out maybe it's all worthwhile it's it's really hard to say you know but I, i'm all for free choice and i'm i'm not for forcing people to take vaccine vaccinations but i yeah. I chose to do so. And we talked about, we've talked about this, but I chose to do it because I I believed if there was a a chance that it could keep me from getting it and dying and anybody in my family from getting it and dying, then I thought that was worth that risk, even though, you know, they're still kind of experimental. There's actually a story rather from the daily news um, that there was a mom in Chicago that claims she lost custody of her son because she refused to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, now, that's a little extreme. Yeah, it says a Chicago woman claims a judge took away her parental rights and banned her from seeing her 11-year-old son because she hasn't gotten the COVID-19 vaccine. I wonder now, if she I was divorced from her husband well, or something. Yeah, or something else had to be going on. Um Flirt says she, uh, Furlit is her name, F-I-R-L-I-T, said she was unvaccinated due to previously bad reactions. Okay, well, that makes sense. That's when Judge, uh, that's when the Cook County Judge, James Shapiro, allegedly stripped Furlit of her custody rights. Um, you know, she said it had nothing to do with what we were talking about. He was placing his views on me and taking my son away from me. And, you know, um, and, and well, of course, this is also a custody battle. So uh, this also involves an ex-husband. Yeah. Where, um, yeah. Furless ex-husband said they didn't bring up the vaccination, but supported the Shapiro's decision. 
And then, you know, there was um, someone who said there are children who have died because of COVID. I think every child should be safe. So it could become what what the story is really painting a picture of. That this could become a child endangerment issue because the FDA, uh, the CDC, all them folks are still saying that um, you can't give the vaccine to children under 12 years old. So those that are under 12 and cannot be vaccinated yet, um, you're putting them in reasonable danger. But if they can, if the COVID-19 is a danger to them, why can't they get the freaking vaccine? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, how many times has the story changed since, right. since this started? But you know, then when a lot of, kids start getting sick and and i think the the story in in uh louisiana was a lot of those hospital beds were were uh, uh young children that had gotten right. covid or at least in some one maybe it was new orleans or something but there was a lot of kids in the hospital uh because of covid issues or, or suspected covid issues well hell uh jesse jackson is still dealing with covid he just got transferred to a rehab facility and his wife is still in ICU. Um, I mean, this is sparing nobody. And I mean, uh, you know, and me speaking as someone who's actually experienced COVID at the beginning of the year, it's definitely not a joke. It definitely was not the flu. Um, you know, and I know that you can lose your sense of taste and sense of smell from the flu. I mean, that, that symptom just didn't like come out of, nowhere and it's like we've never experienced it before but it, it definitely was not the flu haven't had the flu before no it, it was definitely covid i mean i took the test and it tested positive but even if i was a conspiracy theorist about it um which i can skirt that way sometimes you know it definitely was not the flu so i believe it did you say squirt um well, I like a little lemon in my tea <laughs> uh, occasionally. Um, so, but, you know, this COVID is the, the whole moral of the story is COVID numbers are going up, people. And no matter what you believe, you have family members to protect. You know, um, like this guy that um, Caleb Wallace had unfortunately lost his life at 30 years old. Because he refused to wear a mask and because he refused to take the vaccine. Um, yeah, we don't know what side effects are going to happen with this stuff. Um, but, you know, well, you got you to weigh your options here. Unfortunately, in my opinion, there's, there's a lot of people that have lost all confidence in, in our government. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, we don't, we, we don't, uh, you know, I, I'm in that group. I, we don't yeah. trust the government. We have no reason to trust the government. And I mean, this goes all the way back to, um, you know, the 40s and 50s. And Oh, you know. yeah. I mean, they, they actually used, uh, even in the military, they used human guinea pigs for things right. back in those days. Uh, even giving people venereal diseases to right. test you know drugs and things so right. you know but you know you have to make a personal decision you know it, 
if you've got people depending on you, I mean, I guess if you're a single guy and you have no friends, no family in the world, you know, yeah, don't worry. Uh, nobody gives a shit don't, whether you're alive yeah, or dead. Do what you want to do. <laughs> don't get a shot and go licking doorknobs wherever yeah. you can. Um, but, but if you got geez. people depending on you or that care about you, then I think you have to look at it differently. And it's not about somebody forcing you in my well, mind. Again, again, the government shouldn't force anybody to do it. But now that being said, uh, if you want to travel overseas, you're going to have to be vaccinated. So don't plan on getting out of the United States. And then some of these yahoos in other states may, you know, draft up a, some laws that say, okay, well, if you're coming in our state, um, you're going to have to have a vaccine card. But the only way that they'd be able to police that is if they had checkpoints and people yeah. coming into their state. So that would create a whole different kind of issue. I saw something earlier. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't read it. It said something about you wouldn't not be able to get a driver's license or something renew your driver's license or renew some kind of license if you didn't have your COVID vaccination. And I, I wish I'd read it now because talking about this makes me wonder what, what were they planning on doing? But it was definitely, you couldn't renew some kind of license if you didn't get your, if you didn't have well, your COVID vaccination. And, and to put it in perspective, say you're getting sick, um, and you're like, okay, this is not anything normal. You take your happy ass down to the hospital and, okay, well, you're a COVID patient, you know, potentially. So they're putting you ahead, people who have been sitting there with heart conditions, um, uh, life-threatening issues going on. They're putting a COVID patient in beds before they're doing, they're being able to treat some of these other individuals or the beds are already filled up or the IC is already filled up with COVID patients and they're having to put other people like, um, just, just letting them wait. There was a story on the business insider that a purple heart vet, um, who was, a who, who was fought in Afghanistan died of a treatable disease while waiting hours for an ICU bed. I mean, people who are having heart surgeries and stuff like that. Some of these things, depending on your, if you're in a hot area with COVID-19, you may not be able to get that treatment right away. Well, that's true. And, and you know, if, if, you, if you don't want to get a shot and you don't want to wear a mask and you're going to be a rebel and do what you damn well please, then if you start getting sick, don't run your ass to the hospital and think you're supposed to get in head and in, in front of the line of everybody. You know, you just, if you're going to roll the dice, you got to roll the dice all the way through the game. That's yeah, uh, a, a guy who served two deployments in Afghanistan, Daniel Wilkinson. He died of gallstone pancreatitis, totally treatable, but he waited for freaking seven hours for an ICU bed in Texas before he died. That's the kind of shit that's going on, people. So, you know, if you don't want to do it for yourself, do it for everybody else around you, you know. Um, but again, it's personal choice, but uh, damn it. We, we'll never get past this in a, in a hurry 
if we don't start getting um, getting this taken care of. But I mean, I, I you know, look, I'm all about personal responsibility. So, but if you take it upon yourself not to get a mask and wear it, uh, which I hate masks, um, and you don't want to get the vaccine, and then you get sick, you have no one to blame but yourself. Uh, and, uh, you know, possibly China. And who, well, yeah, I still think we, I don't. The damn virus in the first place. The longer this goes on, the more pissed off we need to be against China. We, we need to be pissed off at them about a lot of things. Not the yeah. Chinese people now. Not like these dumbass liberals in this country. Every time we, we want to be upset about this China virus, as Trump used to call it. Right. It's not the Chinese people. You know, we're yeah. talking about the Chinese Chinese Communist <laughs> Party government. Did you, China. Did you say did you say Chinese? I could have. I have a hell I don't know. Oh, good. Oh, my goodness. I have no idea. Oh yeah. goodness. Gracious. We should not let down on being pissed off at these people. We need no. to do everything we can in this country to eliminate China from the food chain of anything having to do with our country. There should be nothing that we buy from China that's necessary. If you want to buy your little trinkets and crap, that's fine. But, you know, uh, all the necessities in our life, they should not come from an enemy country. That'd be like buying uh, prescription medicine from the Taliban or, or ISIS. Yeah, let's, hey, we can make it real cheap for you over here. Yeah, I bet you can. Jeez. And then I read I read this article today about uh, I was thinking about using it tonight. And it's, it's kind of like one of the things we would have done on a wacky Wednesday. But there's 25 food items that you should not buy from China. And I'm reading these things. And first of all, I'm like, why would we get any of these things from here anyway? But then there's stuff, some things on there like uh, ginger root and and different things, you know, that that come from China, but you, you read that and you see all of the crap that they put in foods over there. Cause there's really not any stringent uh, controls on pesticide use. And uh, they were talking about if you buy salt from China, uh, they've had a problem with uh, metals and things in their salt that they're not, they don't refine, refine it very well. Right. And uh, uh, metal shavings get into the salt and stuff. I mean, it's uh, the fish uh, are grown in tanks, you know, which you know farm farm fed. But they're they have sewage. They found sewage in some of the tanks right. where they keep the fish. That they then they tilapia was one, and I think cod was the other. And said, do not buy these things, and do not buy shrimp from China. So why we allow ourselves to get anything from China that's necessary for us is beyond me, except it's all about money. And it's the same well, way the, with the pharmaceuticals. Yeah. The, the last thing I got on that is that, um, there was a story came out um, today that an 88-year-old professor in Georgia resigned in the middle of a class because a student refused to wear a mask over her nose. She said, that's it. I'm retired. Mic drop. I'm out of here. Um, <laughs> you know, is that, yeah, because she wouldn't cover, she wasn't using the mask completely like they were supposed to. 
Um, an 80-year-old professor at the University of Georgia declared his retirement during a class when a student refused to wear her face mask properly. Professor Erwin Bernstein told the University of Georgia student newspaper that uh, one of his students had showed up to class on the second day of school without a mask. When a peer gave the student a mask to wear in class, she did not wear it across her face properly. She said she found it difficult to breathe with the mask over her nose, the most effective way to wear a face covering, according to health agencies like the CDC. Um, <laughs> whereas I had risked my life to defend my country while in the Air Force, I was not willing to risk my life to teach a class with an unmasked student during this pandemic. Uh, Bernstein said, so he's like, oh, look, I'm out of here. Bernstein explained that to the student that he had underlying health conditions like type 2 diabetes that make him more susceptible. So that makes sense. Um, so he's like, that's it. I'm retired. I'm out of here. They said we watched him pack all his papers into his bag and walk right out of the classroom. Um, you know. He said that his resignation was an all-or-none decision. I felt some relief as I had been getting more concerned as the COVID-19 pandemic unfolded in recent weeks. The numbers are going up. So, you, yeah, it's personal responsibility. If you see you're working in a hazardous work environment, um, then you just, you know, make that choice to get the hell out of there. Well, at 80 so, years old, I mean, he should have been able to retire yeah. anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why he was still there. I guess he <laughs> enjoyed his job. So. Um, I, I saw a story where uh, a student was uh, police escorted out of a classroom in a private school, I believe. It was because he refused to wear a mask at school. It's probably a, a teenager. But, um, yeah, they, they got somebody to escort him out of the class because he would not wear a mask. Well, I, I, I just – did you think that you'd ever see something like this occur in your lifetime in this country? No, I mean, it, no. No, not at all. I mean, we've had plagues and we've had – outbreaks and uh of all kinds of diseases and stuff in this country throughout our history and this is probably the craziest thing that we've ever had to deal with and but i think what makes it worse and again going back to a point i was making earlier as i just don't think people trust the government anymore no and 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 it makes it hard for people to get on board even for things that might be in their best interest because we they don't like the messenger they can't trust the messenger right and and fauci and 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 those other clowns that you know that they use to pass these messages on uh it just it just doesn't make sense and you know and and biden and kamala harris are just as bad as as anybody about this because last year before they actually got into office they, you know, Kamala Harris said, well, you know, if Donald Trump, you know, pushes the, the vaccination, I'm, I'm not going to take it because <laughs> she didn't trust him. Right. So, so she made it known that she didn't trust anything that he had a hand in. Right. But as soon as they took 
office, they can trust everybody because it's oh, different yeah. people that are making the vaccines. No, no, it's the same damn people. <laughs> same damn the people. Um, you know, <laughs> and they like this. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, there's a lady. I mean, and I, I hadn't even thought of this, but there was a lady who's in Indiana that's filed all kinds of lawsuits. I mean, against CDC, against Krispy Kreme. Sephora, all these places she couldn't go into without wearing a mask. She's actually filed a lawsuit against them saying, I've been horribly discriminated against and not been allowed to enter a lot of stores. Um, and, and I've been harassed. She suffers from asthma, so she can't wear the mask. So, you know, um, what do you do? I guess you're going to have to do this. You know, a bunch of online ordering. You get somebody to do um, your shopping for you. I mean, discrimination. Yeah. See, I think the discrimination thing gets way overused to the point right. where it, it negates its its effectiveness anymore. It's not discrimination. If you want to get right down to it, you know, companies have a right, I think, to uh, do whatever they feel is necessary to uh, to protect themselves and their employees. And then, of course, then they have an issue about their health insurance. You know, if somebody gets sick working in their store, an employee, you know that employee is going to be looking at the employer to take care of them. You know, uh, well, you're letting people come in here without mask. Uh, and I got sick. Well, she said she felt like God was directing her to file the lawsuit. So she may have oh, yeah. nothing to get, you know, I definitely believe in the almighty, but, um, she might be a little off her kilter. Um, so, you know, but yeah, this, this thing, like you said, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, and it just seems like that's compounded by one thing after another, like the Pandora's box was um, COVID-19 and then everything else just started coming right after it. So, it's, I mean, uh, I, Crazy. I, if somebody has a sign on the door that says, you know, you have to have a mask to enter, then I just don't, I mean, if I didn't want to wear one, of course, I've always, from the very beginning, I, I wore it as soon as they started acquiring it. But right. I did see people like in, in Home Depot in, in the midst of the, the greater part of the pandemic last year, uh, you know, some redneck, uh, I could go on with that description, but they... <laughs> We're walking around like, you know, just tell me to wear a mask. I'll whoop your ass. That's oh, the kind of yeah. that's the kind of air they had about them. And those kind of people, you know, it's they're probably the ones that, you know, get sick or they'll make well, somebody the, else sick. Well the FDA is seeing um are they are being pressured now to get uh, vaccine, authorized vaccines for children under 12 years old. Um, now that the Pfizer vaccine has been fully approved for adults, um, people are like, you know, look, the kids are starting to get sick with it more and more now. But, you know, there's also been, they've been saying, um, is it really the COVID-19 that are making these kids sick? Or has it been the high cases of the SRV? Um, virus, you know, that um, um, pulmonary, uh, the uh, it's not like the flu, but 
It's just like a really bad cold, the respiratory virus that's going around because yeah. the kids hadn't been around each other. You know, the stuff they normally pass back and forth by licking pencils and, you know, chewing on erasers and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, you know how kids are. Licking pencils. Constantly putting all kinds of crazy stuff in their mouth. And yeah, well. Sneezing on each other and all kinds of stuff. It's a breeding ground, but it, it helps. Uh, I guess it helps us uh, in our immunity in some way. But, yeah, there there's more than 100 house lawmakers wrote to the FDA last week asking for an update on its timeline for vaccines for children, given the current alarming situation. Um, Representative Ro Canna of <coughs> California, a Democrat, said uh, the FDA seems to be oblivious to the urgency that millions of parents with young kids feel about vaccination. And, um, well, I guess, you know, possibly, I wonder if you could see that person out there at one of those, that San Francisco tailgating party today. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's getting crazy. It's getting crazy. Crazier anyway. Well, Ellie J sent me, you know, she was on the show on Thursday night. She sent me a, um, that article that she was referring to, and I honestly haven't had an opportunity to read it yet, but it was something that she said is kind of eye-opening about the vaccinations, and I'll try to read it before we have our Tuesday night show. To uh, I, I like to read things when people send them to us, so uh, I'll try to read it and see. But she, she said it was uh, eye-opening about uh, vaccinations. But, you know, they were having a problem Initially, when they vaccinated some uh, young men uh, under the age of 20, I believe, and they ended up developing them some kind of arrhythmia or something, or they had some heart issues right. that they were concerned about if it was caused by the vaccines. So, you know, uh, if, if they start vaccinating these young kids and they end up with issues you know, in a few years, I mean, that's going to be. Well, and that's, that's the problem. That's what, you know, because we don't trust the government, we don't trust big pharma. Um, and we have a lot of reason not to, that's why people are like, you know, Hey, this has been rushed out, which, um, COVID vaccines have been worked on for quite some time. This COVID-19 is a different strain. And so they're working to rush that out um, to use. But, yeah, the side effects with everything, right? So we don't know. And uh, we'll continue to find out things out as we move along. But does the um, risk um, outweigh the reward? You have to make that choice. You know, it's your decision, individuals out there, on whether you want to take it or not and run the risk. I mean, <clears throat> at 50 years old, <laughs> I'm like, uh, you know, I'm not 20. I'm not, um, not looking to have a child. So that, you know, well, you really gotta, you just gotta weigh all the, the you gotta weigh the pros and the cons yourself. Sometimes you, just yeah, be sometimes, educated. Yeah, yeah, sometimes 
I mean, if you really think about it, there's a lot of things that we do at our own risk in our life, you know, even taking other medications that may be safe for a lot of people. Right. But then you may be one of those people that, you know, has an adverse reaction to it. I mean, I love it every time I go to the go to the hospital, every time I go to the doctor, um, you know, we spend 10, 15 minutes talking about if I have any I've had any reactions to any particular drugs. And, you know, they go down through the entire list with me every time. Right. And I want to say it's the same thing as it was when I was here last year. But uh, I guess they're doing their job. Yeah, they're just doing their job. But, you know, we have to do some things, you know, we just have to weigh the risk. And sometimes we take the lesser evil, the lesser route. Um, All right. and we, we just have to take it on faith that, you know, that it's the right decision if we don't have enough information. Well, that's right. And a lot of people, if they, they lean on their faith, they'd be able to get through this thing a lot easier. Uh, and I feel a lot of more, but some of these people need to. You'd probably uh, well jump on that. Well, you know they're 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 trying to. <laughs> that's probably a whole nother show. There, I won't go down that yeah. road. Yeah, that's that's a whole nother show. But basically, you know, it's it's faith is under attack in this country, and it's part of the plan, folks. Uh, I, actually, oh, yeah. I think it's in Mark Levin's book. I haven't actually oh. had a chance to crack well, one also, open yet it, also it's um part of how to become a tyrant if you haven't seen that on netflix how to become a tyrant that's part of it strip down people's god um you know what they worship what their faith what the what they believe in oh yeah so it's an interesting series to watch and you get to hear uh you know peter dinglich dingle dinglich peter d get to uh, hear him what Hey, well, he, he narrates the whole. Oh, thing. he narrates it. Yeah, <laughs> his voice just not does not fit his body. Well, no, and everybody, I think a lot of people are like, "Oh, I thought he was British," uh, but no, he's American. Um, well, he doesn't <laughs> have a he doesn't have a British accent. Is what I meant. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, I don't know where the hell he came from. <laughs> 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 you never did watch all of Game of Thrones, did you? I watched one episode. One I episode? Get, I get shunned for, but I'll pick it up here one of these days. Actually, I know. Uh, I'm surprised that, that we made it through. I don't know. I guess it's kind of like a lot of people when they, they just find a series. Let's say people who like Breaking Bad. You know, if you just... If there's certain characters that you like, uh, I don't know. It just it, it was a little shocking in the beginning because of the sex, and then Peter Dinklage was actually supposed to be, you know, the most gifted person on the uh, in the series in that right. department, which was was almost comical in a way. But once you got involved with the story. Um, I don't know. I mean, we, we really enjoyed it. Uh, did not like the ending, but Hey, you know, rarely do when something goes on seven years, it's, 
you know, usually you, you're probably not going to like the ending. Yeah, I, it's like we got to get out of it. Yeah, we've carried it, and and like Breaking Bad, I wasn't too crazy about the ending of that one either. But it's once you get over the, I think the first couple of years is the worst part of the sex references and they seem to focus on a lot of the sex lives of all these characters once you get into the third fourth and fifth year that kind of wanes and you really get into the character of these different people and that's i don't know it just i found it found it interesting but i've always kind of liked that era that time period in history anyway so um it was different. Oh, saying the sex kind of peters out after a while. Yeah, yeah, the sex gets <laughs> is overrated after the third third year. I think uh, it's it's certainly not a major part of it anymore, mm-hmm. like it was in the beginning. For some reason, I guess they were just trying to draw people in. Yeah. But you know, watching, not that you actually saw that much. It's just a bunch of nudity, really. But uh, seeing Peter Dinklage naked was not a motivation to watch Game of Thrones by any means. So, well, okay. <laughs> so, is enough about that? <laughs> Did anybody want to see Peter Dinklage naked? You know, it's yeah. Anybody looking for the Dinklage? <laughs> sign right up for it. I just there don't you. know that I wouldn't have changed my name, bless his heart. I just, I mean, I just, I'm so thankful that even though our name is hard for some people to pronounce yeah. and spell, I mean, my God, yeah. it's only got five letters in it, and people misspell it more often than not. But, not. Uh, but I've never felt like I needed to change it because why in the world nah. did somebody name you that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so I've been traveling around on the screens here, Dennis Lee, so I have to kind of go find my way back <laughs> to where was I? I don't know where I was. What, what Who did was I this on? to me? Yeah. Oh, yep. Oop. Oh. Up. Let's see. Are you okay? I I, <laughs> I love the ones of the people that are calling for Biden to resign. What idiot thinks Joe Biden's actually going to resign? <laughs> oh, yeah, have, that's a, that's a whole another show right there. They'll have to they'll have to carry his wrinkled ass out of there. Um. Yeah. Wait a minute. I think it's here. <laughs> I think it's here. Way down upon the Swanee River. Um, I have to find my story. What was it? I don't remember what it was. Now we've we've ventured off the path so far. I have to look it up, see what it was supposed to be. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Um, it's on this one. So going back to this is a different angle on not Afghanistan itself, but it's a what the hell <laughs> I'm looking on the board. Are you still there? I guess you've disappeared, Dennis Lee. All right. Well, I'll have to just carry on here. Uh, this is from townhall.com and it's, the title of the article is someone has been fired over Afghanistan and it isn't 
the generals. Uh, and this is an article by Katie Pavlich. So, um, I don't know who in the heck is Julio. I don't know who Julio is here. And <laughs> why did Julio come up in this thing? Julio. So, oh, uh, Julio is a reporter. Okay. Julio reported something uh, on Friday that Lieutenant Colonel Stewart, Stewart, Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. Stewie. 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 Lieutenant Ugh. Colonel Stuart Scheller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Risk oh, his boy. career by speaking out against military leadership, disastrous handling of Afghanistan. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller, the company commander for Advanced Infantry Training Battalion at <laughs> Camp Lejeune, which uh, near and dear to our hearts. Right yeah, I know. Uh, Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, publicly voiced the frustration many in the military and veteran communities are feeling in the aftermath of the Taliban retaking Afghanistan and the botched evacuations at Hamid Karzi Airport uh, that has now resulted in the deaths of at least 13 service members. Um, this is this is off that article for a second. Did you see the pictures of all those uh, people that were killed in that bomb blast on the yeah, news? Yeah, I did. I did. I, I saw that Biden um, was receiving their bodies down at the... <laughs> Airport yeah, with a ceremony. So, yep. Yeah, saw that. Yeah. Well, uh, Tucker Carlson actually had one of the fathers on his show Friday night uh, that lo- his son was killed in that blast. I can't remember his name. I'm sorry, but um, I couldn't believe he had him on there in the first place, but the the father did real well through mo- most of the telling of the story until he got to the part where the uh i don't know if he, if his son was in the marines or not i think he was a marine but anyway let's say the two marines he saw the car approaching his house and saw them get out and walk up towards his house and he and then when he started telling that part of the story, then he broke down. He had a hard time with it. And uh, so that was very sad. Very sad. But anyway, there's been a lot of military people that have criticized uh, leadership and the generals and, of course, the president over this. And uh, so this Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller is one who has done that. And... Um, so it goes back to the article. Scheller noted that he started his 17-year career as an infantryman with a unit that is currently conducting security at the airport at Kabul and knows one of the Marines who was killed in action on Thursday. Lieutenant Colonel Schiller has since been fired since he came out against uh, the leadership there at, at what was going on in Afghanistan. He's been relieved of his command. So he went on social media and uh, posted this. He said, to all my friends across the social networks, I have been relieved for cause based on a lack of trust and confidence as of 1430 today. 
My chain of command is doing exactly what I would do if I were in their shoes. I appreciate the opportunities AITB, I guess that's his unit, uh, command provided to all the news agencies asking for interviews. I will not be making any statements other than what's on my social platforms until I exit the Marine Corps. Scheller wrote in a Facebook post, America has many issues, but it's my home. It's where my three sons will become men. America is still the light shining in a fog of chaos. When my Marine Corps career comes to an end, I look forward to a new beginning. My life's purpose is to make America the most lethal and effective foreign diplomacy instrument. While my days of hand-to-hand violence may be ending, I see a new light on the horizon. And he says, simper. Then he followed up with another post. He says, I can't possibly respond to the overwhelming response. Facebook has stopped allowing me to accept friend requests, but I'll offer you one more thought. Last night when I posted the video, I immediately had multiple Marines call and ask me to take it down, take the post down. We all agree with you, Stu, but nothing will change, and it will come at a huge personal cost to you, he wrote. Obviously, I didn't take it down. Now that I have had time to process, I'll offer this. We can't all be wrong. If you all agree, then step up. They only have the power because we allow it. What if we all demanded accountability? Every generation needs a revolution, Thomas Jefferson said. Uh, Let's see where... And he actually has an audio in there. I can't play it because I haven't fixed my Twitter account yet. But uh, I'll be posting this. So if you want to hear it in his own words, uh, you can see that on our Facebook later on. But I, you know, this guy, this lieutenant colonel, you know, probably had several more years. He could have had a, a, you know, a well-paying career in the Marines, but he felt so strongly about the events that happened in uh, Afghanistan and the way that it was handled, that he put his career at risk, or he actually probably knew that this would be the outcome uh, and he'll be discharged. Uh, Hopefully it will be an honorable discharge, but um, he's just saying people need to stand up and start speaking out the way they feel about these different issues in our country and stop being afraid of making yourself heard just because it may, you know, interrupt something in your life. So, um, I think that's hats off to him for having the courage to do what he believes in. And I, I think he said what a lot of people believe in this country, that it's amazing that we have career officers that made these decisions. And somebody said today on uh, some show on Fox, when they were, wasn't showing the hurricane that uh, they almost feel like that all of that decision was made by, uh, you know, the ultimate decision was made by Biden and he ignored a lot of the advice of his generals, but I don't know. I I don't know what to think. It's, It's hard to believe that Biden is, is that, 
uh, how would I put it? I don't want to, I don't, you know, I don't want, I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of him or I just don't understand how he could go down that road knowing, I mean, in two days when we're out of there and they start, if they start rounding up Americans and finding him and we see, start seeing these stories of people, Americans being killed in Afghanistan, uh, there's going to be a lot of hell to pay from a lot of people. So anyway, I just wanted to share that because, uh, that was, you know, Lieutenant Colonel, that's, that's a pretty good paycheck if you retire. So he risked a lot by coming out and saying what he said. Hmm. God bless him. I mean, you hate it that someone has to, has to do that. That doesn't, you know, that's not ready to, well, leave, but people you know. are asking, you know, people in high places are asking that, you know, some of these generals resign, but uh, you're not probably going to see that unless you may see it if things get really bad over there after we're out. But uh, I don't know, you know, that would take somebody doing the right thing. And I don't I don't think these people are interested in that. Right. That's all I got to say about that. Well, um, <laughs> are you having microphone issues? <laughs> I see the little symbol is flashing on there. Donald Wayne. It's hmm. Uh. hmm. Oh my gosh. What in the world is that? Okay. Don't go down through there. <laughs> I wouldn't. I was trying to do a mini pod last night and I was having so many uh, pop-ups on this page. And if you notice when a pop-up, jumps up on your page that it moves your print around. Does that do it to you? Yes, it does. It's so confusing. So if you're trying to read something and it's up at the top of the page and all of a sudden here comes a pop-up, well, it, it drops about a half a page and you got to follow it down to, to keep up with it. And so I'm constantly saying something when I'm trying to do those things and say, Oh, there's another pop-up. <laughs> Jeez. I will say this though. One, one other thing. I mean, didn't we target? We we blew up somebody else. Oh no, they they uh, they hit him with some kind of uh, smart bomb that had. I think they said it had something like blades that slice people up. Did you hear that? Um, yeah, it was a it was a specific hellfire weapon. Yeah, hellfire. Use. Yeah, it slices um, people up. Like yeah, like yeah, it's very. Very targeted weapon to where yeah. it's supposed to limit, you know, which is, I don't know, you can't, obviously you can't uh, prevent everyone from being hit by something like that, but it's supposed to be more of a pinpointing type weapon. Cut back on collateral damage. All right. Yep. All right. Yes, indeed. All right. <laughs> Have you got something else? Um, no, 
<laughs> just uh, the silence gave it away. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at an enlarged prostrate on my screen here, and I'm oh, wondering. Oh well, I wish you wouldn't. Um, <laughs> uh, and how to fight chronic constipation with one simple step? Do you ever uh, click on any of those things on on the internet? No, no. I figure it's going to be <laughs> something that I don't need to see or reel me into some kind of payment for something. I don't know. I don't need those kind of issues. <laughs> tell them what that's going to do. Oh, golly. Uh, yeah, I just thought I'd see if there's something there. <laughs> but that's that's good. All right. Um, you want to hawk the contest for a second? Oh, yeah. Um, tell you what, people. We had our first... Um, Winner, Mrs. Laura, um, the one on the this last Thursday's show, our live show. And I tell you what, coming up on this Thursday's live show, you'll have another chance to win. Obviously, if you've just won, you won't be able to win a second time. But if you will attend the live show on Thursday, you will have a chance to win a copy of Mark Levin's book, uh, American Marxism, uh, and and no less uh, signed by Donald Wayne and myself. So that could be worth something there one day. And it's got a little message in there just for you. So um, <laughs> pick up something you. nice for yourself, Clark. So, pick something <laughs> nice for yourself, why don't you? But, uh, just a real quick too, um, a quick shout out to our. Uh, military men and women, um, people who are on the front lines, um, all of our healthcare workers, um, just you know, all of our first responders, especially you know now more than ever with everything going on in the world with the hurricane going on in New Orleans, our prayers go out to them and their families and the families of of all these different tragedies here lately. Um, prayers up for everyone. Yes. Um, well, I guess uh, people might want to know how to get old of us. You think, Galway? Maybe. I, first, you probably have to explain what a hold of us means. But <laughs> uh, oh well, if you if you like a hold of us, yeah, uh, that's, that's um, a hold of us is actually a celebration, I believe. That's in a Dr. Seuss book, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to reach us, um, and you and if you like to do your little Twitter. Well, why don't you? Why don't you? Well, come on over. Rephrase that one too. Uh, if you, why don't you Twitter us at Trice Talk WG Moon or Trice Talk D Lee? We'd enjoy hearing from you, and make sure to click that follow button too. Um, you can email. Uh, Tristalk69pts at gmail.com if you've got a problem with tonight's show or uh, <laughs> if you'd like to give us suggestions or send us pictures, BP, my goodness. Um, and we're also on Facebook at Tristalk. And um, we encourage you to follow us there. All of our articles that we use are posted there and the shows are posted there as well as some uh, pics. 
Um, and all of them clean, I guarantee you. Um, and then you can reach us on these other outlets. It's Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, LinkedIn, Listen Notes, and Player FM. And am I leaving any out, Donald Wayne? Uh, did you get uh, Firefox? No, I did not. Uh, you get iHeartRadio? I didn't hear you say I, that. I did. I got iHeartRadio. No. Google Chrome? Um, oh, Google Chrome, you know, if you like that. Um, and then also coming, coming soon, we'll have oh. a way for you to get that. Oh, what happened? Nothing. Oh, you okay? Uh, I'm you okay, Donald Wayne? I'm still uh, thinking about that little Twitter. Oh, well, don't think about it too much. Um, so if you, well, soon we'll have a way for you to get your very own Tristalk merchandise. Yes, your t-shirts, your stickers, your hats. Anything that you can put TriStock on, basically. So um, that'll be coming to uh, to you soon. And look, thank you for being here. We appreciate you. We couldn't do it without you. We love you. Thank you so much. And don't miss this coming Thursday show. Um, who knows what Donald Wayne will say. And we're that, on that's every sure. night in the flipping <laughs> week. Uh, um so with donald wayne and i doing our, our our thing here um and then donald wayne doing the mini pods which have uh done very well and um we we really appreciate y'all click that follow button if you like what you're listening to and uh boost that listenership that way you'll get uh you'll get notifications on new shows that come out and thank you so much Yes, thank you very much. We do appreciate your patronage. Is it patronage? I guess it's still patronage. It's you're... still patronage. Yeah, it's still patron. so many patrons these days, but yes. <laughs> yes, we do appreciate you spending time with us. Um, well, I'm not doing – I've, I've kind of nixed the uh, closing thoughts just for a little while, just for a breather. So I'm going to go right into – the closing song tonight it's an old song but i thought it kind of i'd never heard it I, I heard it in actually a movie that i was watching yesterday yesterday saturday yesterday and uh i liked it i'd never heard it before it's by bob dylan it's called masters of war so i'm going to play a little bit of that as we go out of here tonight because it it's it's kind of eerie how it almost fits with uh Afghanistan. So, um, Dennis Lee and I'll be back together on Tuesday and then, uh, I may see you tomorrow night. I'm, I'm trying, I'm pushing buttons here, Dennis Lee. I I hear you pushing. I'm I'm pushing. I'm pushing. Easy. Easy. All right. Stay safe, everybody. Masters of war. Here that build the big guns Here that build the death planes Here that build all the bombs Here that hide behind walls Here that hide behind discs I just don't want you to know I can see through your masks you that never done nothing but build to destroy 
You play with my world Like it's your little toy You put a gun in my hand And you hide from my eyes And you turn and run farther When the fast bullets fly Like Judas of old You lie and deceive A world war can be won You want me to believe But I see through your eyes And I see through your brain Like I see through the water that runs down my drain You fasten all the triggers For the others to fire And then you sit back and watch When the death count gets higher You hide in your mansion While the young people's blood Flows out of their bodies and is buried in the mud He's thrown the worst fear That can ever be hurled Fear to bring children Into the world A voice threatening my baby Unborn and unnamed